It seems some people thought Missouri got too conservative in the second half offensively against LSU. Well, you know what? I want to address that, pick some more nits, and also let's start off the show with some positive takes coming up right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. Thanks for making Locked On Mizzou your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And of course, I want to start off today, as I said there in the cold open, with some positives. And to me, obviously the game against LSU on Saturday couldn't have started off on a more positive note, quite literally, with three touchdowns by Missouri on three offensive possessions. Well, I suppose they could have gone for two on all of their touchdowns, and that would have technically been even better if we're going to get technically literal on the whole thing. But Really, though, that decision by Eli Drinkwitz to at least show like Missouri was going to go for two, you go back and look at that film, you know what, obviously Missouri got the look it wanted, they pulled a blocker around the side, heck, one guy in the middle actually ended up taking out two players for Brady Cook and his receiver there in the flat, really, it was almost harder than it needed to be, but Cook still got to the corner anyway, and I just love the mentality. Honestly, just the idea that Missouri was going to be super aggressive there, go for the two-pointer. I mean, imagine being on LSU's defense in that moment. That was like getting a dagger plunged right between your rib cage right there. I mean, really, you've just given up 700 yards to Ole Miss and a heartbreaking defeat. Now your next week's opponent comes down, not only scores a touchdown on you, but is confident enough to shove it down your throat for two points as well. Just psychologically, I thought that was a a great move by Drinkwitz and company. We saw that they had sort of shown this play in either week one or two. I believe in week one they had shown this formation, then ultimately shifted into just a regular point after touchdown. Obviously, I thought a great moment to use that particular play. So I'm going to give the Missouri staff, Eli Drinkwitz, a lot of credit for having the guts to pull that off and the team obviously for executing the play as well. The whole game, it felt like LSU, when they were behind, was chasing that one point a little bit. So, I don't know. Again, just love that. Want to give the the all the staff, Kirby Bore, everybody a lot of credit for that moment as well. And, and also a big, a good positive too. I don't even think I've gone on enough about how wild it is what Cody Schrader is doing for Missouri right now. Obviously, I think he was a very solid player for the Tigers last year. So far, he's been even better this year. I actually think he's just looks quicker in the open field against LSU on, in particular on that big run he had of 50-plus yards. I mean, there was a free safety that he absolutely puts a move on, gets another 15, 20 yards out of the play there at the end. Really impressive stuff. I mean, Cody Schrader from Truman State University, Not even we're not even talking – 
division. We're not even talking about division lower than FCS football or FBS football. Excuse me. We're not talking about FCS division one or whatever it's called. Truman State, you got to go down a level or not. Regardless, you just don't see running backs from a lower level of football come into the SEC like this and become one of the more productive players in the conference. So all the credit in the world in the world to a guy who obviously is a complete workhorse on a lot of different levels, but has obviously improved his game tremendously, I think, this year as well. And and you know what? Speaking of Cody Schrader, let's address something that's been out there, certainly on the message boards in the dialogue online about this game. Apparently there's a, a significant contingent of the fan base that thought Missouri got too conservative offensively in the second half. And you know what? Again, speaking of Cody Schrader, if anything, with the total benefit of 2020 hindsight, I think I would have actually handed it off a little bit more. Take the pressure off of Brady Cook to make seemingly every play. Why didn't honestly? Why didn't Nate Pete touch the ball more? As much as I love Cody Schrader, I'm a Nate Pete guy as well, and, and certainly I think Cody Schrader could have handled a few more touches too. At the same time, though, I don't want to go crazy with that particular criticism or even observation because obviously the pass was working for the most part. Anytime you throw for under for excuse me for over 400 yards, there's some things going right, and basically it seemed like. Half the time, Luther Burden would touch the ball. He would run yards after the catch for 20, 30 yards, something like that. So I would say for all the people who said that Brady Cook didn't play his best game on Saturday, all that says to me is that he set the bar pretty damn high all of a sudden. Another big positive was obviously the continued excellent play of this Missouri receiving core. It wasn't just... Luther Burden, heck, Theo Weiss bounces back, drops a pa- drops a pass, excuse me, in the end zone, comes right back a snap or two later, catches a similar route in a similar spot in the end zone, hauls it in, perfect pass by Brady Cook, frankly, on both balls. So Dan or excuse me, Theo Weiss able to pick himself up there. Also Marquise Johnson got involved once again. Mookie Cooper continues to emerge, and, and by the way, the old the old Simpsons reference. By the way, were they saying "boo" or "boo earns"? You guys know that old joke, right? Well, I'm actually being serious here. Is the crowd saying "mook" or are they saying "coop"? Because it seems like either one of those would work. I feel like some people are saying "mook" and some are saying "coop." I think we should maybe get all on the same page here, but that's just me. But I digress, and really, even more encouragingly. Daniel Blood. Hey, what up, Blood? What up, cuz? What up, gangsta? What's up, Daniel Blood? That's right, all you white boys who call NFL games. You guys can have the Taylor Swift references. I'm going to keep the 50 cent. That's more my generation. But in all seriousness, Daniel Blood with an excellent catch in traffic in the ball game. I also thought there was one crucial situation where he runs an out where I thought Brady Cook actually passed him up and could have thrown him for what looked like Cook's first read in a crucial moment. So the point is, Blood getting open, showing that he can make contested catches. Man, with Makai Miller hopefully getting healthy here down the stretch as well. Just another weapon here for Brady Cook in this offense to play with. Really impressive stuff. Now, while obviously the Missouri offense was not perfect, and especially in some crucial situations, 
Well, some absolutely crucial mistakes were made by Brady Cook, by the linemen, by receivers, by by the whole team. I thought sometimes the play calls left a little bit to be desired as well. But you know what? Defensively, you know what? They just simply weren't good enough on Saturday. But the good news is I think they can make some fairly simple adjustments that will help them moving forward. So you know what? Let's talk about that Missouri defense and, frankly, how they're not going to have to play anybody like LSU offensively for the rest of this season. So a lot of positives still to take away and plenty of optimism for the rest of this season. Again, let's break down that Missouri defense. And what I'd like to maybe see more from them against Kentucky coming up on Saturday. But first, I want to tell you about athletic brewing because now it is time for your game changer of the week brought to you by Athletic Brewing Company. And much like Dennis Gates, well, Athletic Brewing Company has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. And not only is Dennis Gates bring in incredible talent to our basketball team, hey, this outdoor Mizzou Madness event, second year in a row, it seems to have went off very, very well. A popular thing, getting people excited for Mizzou basketball. You gotta love the whole thing right now over at Mizzou Arena. And I tell you what you gotta love. You gotta love the over 50 styles of craft non-alcoholic beer, including IPAs, Goldens, Sours, and more over at Athletic Brewing Company because they're fit for all time. So you can drink them anytime, anywhere, and make any activity even more enjoyable. So find Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic brews at a store near you or buy online at athleticbrewing.com. First-time customers, use code Locked On to get 15% off your first online order. That's code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer, exclusions, and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company fit for all times. Now at this point in the Missouri football season, I think it's fair to say that the Tiger defense hasn't been quite as good as we fans expected. Now I'm not saying the Missouri defense has been bad by any means, but I definitely heard a negative tone coming from the stands a little bit on Saturday. And that's somewhat understandable. Certainly when the Missouri offense is playing like it's playing well, it's frustrating, especially to see the the LSU quarterback, Jaden Daniels, time and time again escape the pocket for big gains or on just design quarterback runs, getting to the second level pretty easily without a lot of resistance on certain moments for sure. But to me, I, I just think this Missouri defense, still a ton of talent on it for the most part. Perhaps their edge rushers aren't as good as they were last year. I think Missouri certainly misses Isaiah McGuire, among others. But at the same time, I just think there are fairly some fairly simple adjustments that they need to make. I think Missouri's been overly aggressive at times. And you know what? I'll actually give you an example here of what I'm talking about. If you want to look at a play here, here's a here's a play where Tyron Hopper, I've actually I've shown him many times on here talking about how he times his blitz as well. Well, if you're looking at here on YouTube, you see number 15 here, Johnny Walker standing up. Just to our left here is Tyron Hopper, and you'll see he times this blitz 
rather well. There's no real indication at the snap that he's going to blitz, but comes right around Walker. And basically at this moment, you think, oh my God, he is going to murder Jaden Daniels. He has a free shot on the quarterback here. On his strong side, by the way. Surely Daniels is going to have to run away from Tyron Hopper, but instead, no, just simply runs away from him to his right. Now, the simple reality here is there's no way that Jaden Daniels, for as good of an athlete as he is, should be able to escape to his right here. That's just a bad angle taken by a veteran player here in Tyron Hopper. If anything, he's either overestimating his own speed or underestimating Jaden Daniels' speed. Either way, for as dynamic of an athlete as he is, you have got to make sure that he turns inside. He cannot beat you to the outside and let him lose contain like that. That's just a mistake that not only Hopper does here, but Missouri time and time again was just taking bad angles on Daniels and instead of running at his outside shoulder essentially, forcing him to come back inside toward the rest of the Missouri defense, well, if you let him escape the pocket, I mean it's all over at that point, especially when you consider how good LSU's receivers are. There's just no way that any defense is going to be able to keep up with that. Now, the good news is this is by far the best offense that Missouri is going to face the rest of the season. I guess I shouldn't say by far. I mean, Georgia's obviously really talented as well. I, I just don't think Tennessee is quite the same group, obviously, that it was last season, especially in the running game. It's actually less about Joe Milton, I think, by the way, with Tennessee. I actually think it has more to do with their lack of running game so far. You just don't have to respect it as much as you did last season but regardless I think you know better times better matchups are ahead for this Missouri defense because you did see one time last year I remember against Florida a crucial run scramble it may have been a design play regardless it was an Anthony Richardson quarterback run that basically iced the game for Missouri and well the Missouri linebackers just were not quite fast enough to keep up with him I just don't know how many more quarterbacks there are left on the schedule who fit that description. Certainly Carson Beck for Georgia. We just mentioned him. He doesn't fit that description. More importantly, Devin Leary next week for Kentucky does not fit that description. So if anything, I'd actually be curious to see a little bit more press heavy man-to-man coverage, bump and run type coverage against Kentucky. A lot more like what we saw last year more often than not for Missouri, especially hopefully if Ennis Rakestraw is back healthy again this week. He only played a little under half the game, it seemed like to me, last week. But again, maybe a little bit more of an aggressive approach in terms of X's and O's for Missouri next week. At the same time, when you actually have a run at a really good ball carrier like Jaden Daniels, well, you have to remember you have to remember fundamentals and angles because you can't just assume that you're going to get him to the ground every time, especially when, frankly, Tyron Hopper's tackling has not been at the level it was last season. And coming up on the program, let's talk about the clap. No, not that type of clap. No, I'm talking about the signal to snap the ball that seemingly everybody does in college football these days. Got to say, I'm not a huge fan, and well, we kind of saw why with all of the disconcerting snaps on Saturday, so I want to talk about that, and also a very cool moment for the great one, Jeremy Macklin. So let's get to all that, but first I want to tell you about eBay Motors. 
Because passion, drive, and patience, what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered with over 122 million parts. For your ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. And with all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. By the way, I really I realized I didn't really answer my question that I, I more or less teased in the first part of the show. Basically, what did Missouri go into a shell offensively, get too conservative? Again, as I alluded to, if anything... I think Missouri should have handed the ball off a little bit more because, well, it was working. And seemingly Missouri does seem to run the ball better in the second half for whatever reason as the game goes along. That's been the observable trend so far anyway. But really, when you go back and look, there were some deep shots that were there. Some were taken. Some were not. There were definitely some plays out there for Missouri that they just missed on. Obviously, penalties hurt them. I just didn't feel going back and looking at it that really Cook or Drinkwitz or anybody else went into a shell and got too conservative offensively. And now as far as the clap goes, and yes, kids, get your mind out of the gutter, although really, do kids even know what the clap is anymore? That's that's a that's a reference even before my time, I think. But in all seriousness, we've all noticed this, right? Just about everybody in college football these days including Missouri, including LSU, well, instead of saying Hud Hud Hike or Blue 52 or whatever the heck it is, they just all go, they just do a clap, and then, well, you get the ball. And, of course, sometimes there's a dummy clap as well, for sure. I mean, often you'll see a team clap and then try to get somebody to go off sides or they'll look to the sidelines for the change of the play. But I got to say, it just seems like the point is the pass rusher really does get a clue on the clap, in my opinion. It's To me, it's almost easier to time that than anything else. And also, as we saw with the disconcerting signals, well, uh, apparently, you know, if somebody tries to get your attention with a clap, I guess that's a new point of emphasis here for the officials because, well, I've seen Missouri snap the ball early a lot this season. I don't know. It just seems like there's a lot of things that can sound like a clap. A lot of people, I mean, my clap sounds like your clap. My voice sounds a lot different than your voice. So to me, go with the voice over the clap. And here's the thing, you know, who doesn't do the clap? Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, I don't know, Bart Starr, Lenny Dawson. I mean, the list goes on and on. There have been some the greatest quarterbacks in history, Peyton Manning, whoever the heck it is, none of them did the clap. So I don't know if it's good enough for Patrick Mahomes. I think it's good enough for me. But you know what? Speaking of things that are good enough for me, Jeremy Macklin will always be good enough for me. One of the great Tigers of all time. And I got to say the athletic department 
for the stre- for the second straight year. You guys got me once again. You surprised me with the reveal on the wall. Jeremy Macklin, the number nine, his name on the wall forever at Faroe Field. I thought that was a truly beautiful moment. They got me with Gary Pinkle, too. Emotionally, I thought I was a little verklempt with Jeremy Macklin as well. Just a really cool thing for him. One of my favorite players of all time. Just a seemingly a great guy who's represented and loved this university his whole time. Now a coach, high school coach in Kirkwood, Missouri. So all all the love out to Jeremy Macklin had obviously a great NFL career, one of the great Tigers of all time. And I thought just a cool moment, something well deserved. And well, we saw Chase Daniel. Sean Weatherspoon helped reveal Jeremy Macklin's name on the wall there. Seems like we might be getting one of those a year here for a while. Certainly Chase Daniel, more than worthy to be on that wall. Brad Smith, I think, has got to be on that wall as well. So could be some interesting times in terms of surprise reveals going ahead. I don't want to blow the surprise, but that's just where my mind is heading at this moment. But hey, Thanks a lot for joining me here on Locked on Mizzou. As always, have a little bit more on the LSU game tomorrow, but we're going to start, of course, to turn the page toward Kentucky as well for all of you everydayers out there. So again, thanks for listening. I am John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou.